Amen. God is good. Amen. No matter what's going on, God is in control, right? That's what our faith is in. Amen. He knows the end from the beginning. Amen. And we are trusting in him. Amen. As uh, today we have a, a special guest of ours. If you were, he was here for the Sunday school serve session, and what a great word uh, uh, for us today. And so uh, if you were not here, uh, we have uh, Brother Tyler Sullivan, an international evangelist, preaches all over the country, and uh, a good friend that we met many years ago and in, in, in serving uh, the youth department and the, on the national level and been a great friend ever since. And I can go on and on about all his accolades and all that, but we, he wouldn't have time to preach. So uh, I'll be quiet and let him uh, come and do what he's going to do and preach the word of God. Amen. Amen. Well, you welcome him today. Let's clap our hands to the Lord, everybody. Praise God. Praise God. A delight and privilege it is. You could be here uh, at this wonderful pastor and his family. Very, very much. I think the first time we were old, not old, just getting older, serving ministry, uh, the more we run into each other, and it's just, it's a privilege to make lifelong friends, and it seems like every time we see each other, we just pick up where we left off, and uh, you're blessed with great leadership here, and so, and plus you're blessed to be living in Florida, and my goodness, I just, I mentioned in the first service that I came from Oregon, where it was 58, got here, it was 88, and I like, the, I like the warmth, I like the warmth, and uh, what a beautiful building, and beautiful worship, beautiful singing, and I'm just so, uh, I'm so blessed to be able to be here and be a part of this today, and I don't take it lightly, it is, really is an honor, and so thank you for allowing me to be here, and uh, I had this song on my mind uh, earlier today, I like the old song, I love the new songs too, uh, I'm more of an old soul, you know, I can sit there and stare at the wall all day and be fine. But I, uh, I like I like the old songs too. Um, so I just I had uh, this one on my mind. The blood that Jesus shed for me. It's the blood 
strength from day to day and we'll never lose its power for it reaches to the highest mountain Say it again, it will never, it will never lose. I know it will never, never, never lose. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody thankful for the blood today? Amen. Amen. Again, it is a privilege to be here. And the longer I serve the Lord, I've found out there are certain seasons in life that God will afford us that will create future moments that will sustain us. And and I I want to help somebody today. I want to help somebody today. What I will preach today is a message that the Lord gave me one year ago when I was at a dark time in life, and I had to rediscover how good God really was. How many know God's good? And I think God brings us to times and through times where it's difficult to see what He's doing just so that we can learn all over again that he's good. So I want to help somebody today. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into his presence today. It was a summer evening, and the weather was perfect. The windows were down, and the wind was blowing, and Adventures in Odyssey was playing as I drove down the country roads of Northern California. The sun was beginning to set and its rays were dancing off clouds in the distant sky as it began its glorious final act while the day was coming to an end. Beautiful, peaceful, glorious, relaxing are all words that described the moment I was in. There's nothing like a summer country drive in Northern California. There's a lot of issues out there, but beauty is not one of them. And as I was driving in this beautiful, picturesque moment, I reached over and grabbed more sunflower seeds out of the bag of David's that was on the seat next to me. And I threw them in my mouth. And as I continued my mission to annihilate this entire bag of seeds, I bit down, and immediately something happened that was not supposed to happen that destroyed that amazing moment. 
And some of you know where I'm going because it's happened to you. This nasty, bitter, horrid taste came into my mouth and my face slowly turned from pleasant to disgusted because the glorious taste of so much salt had now been replaced by this rancid, putrid taste of a bad sunflower seed. And suddenly, having forgotten all about the other 279 good seeds that I had eaten, this wonderful moment I was experiencing had been ruined by one seed. And while there are not many other horrible life experiences that compared to this one, I tried looking it up to see what causes it. I don't know if it was an overcooked seed or a worm that had somehow gotten in the shell. I I don't know, but all of a sudden I felt like the Lord feels about somebody who's lukewarm. I, I just wanted to spew it out of my mouth. Even candy corn and marshmallow peeps weren't as bad as this taste. I, and I started, I started looking for an agent to counteract the bitterness and something else to eat or another drink of Coke or something to get my taste back to normal because it had been horribly displaced. And a thought hit me as I was driving down the road. doesn't happen often, but a thought hit me. And while serving God is a wonderful experience, isn't it amazing how if I let it, one bad taste can affect my perspective on everything else? And I learned that when your taste becomes tainted, so does your appetite. And those offenses that must come are designed to make you miss the amazing moments that God has planned for your future. All of a sudden, I wasn't quite as hungry anymore. I was a little hesitant to put more seeds in my mouth because the thought was always there. What's the next one going to taste like? When's the next bitter one going to come my way? I don't ever want to go through that. I don't ever want to taste that again. And it intrigued my attention, and I began to do a little bit of research on taste, and I found out there are not more than five cardinal tastes, sour, savory, salty, sweet, and bitter, yet combinations of them yield more flavors than can ever be tasted in multi-course meals, chefs will purposely try to use and combine three to four of these flavors to create an incredible taste in one sitting. As one of the five main senses, taste is interesting because it is probably the one that is preached about the least and the hardest to preach. After all, it's only mentioned 21 times in the Bible. I mean, it's easy to preach about. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, and everybody's faith go crazy. It's exciting to preach about, hey, Jesus is walking through this place right now, and if somebody will reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by, you'll receive your miracle. It's awesome to say, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Builds our faith to say, our prayers go up as a sweet smelling savor to God. 
But then we come to a verse like Psalms 34 and 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we start preaching about, come on, taste and see. Then we're like, wait a minute. It's a tad more difficult to build your faith than it can be built with the other four senses. It's, and I started thinking about it. How do I preach on something like taste and see that the Lord is good and be effective? Because it's easy in theory until you begin to realize taste is acquired and really requires more faith than the other four senses do. you got to remember taste is acquired. Some things people eat over and over and over again until it agrees with their spirit. Nobody just backslides. Nobody just leaves the church. You don't say you like something without trying it first. Now, there are some church potlucks that I go to that there are certain dishes of which I will not partake. Not because I'm any kind of a food snob, but because while that person tells me they cook the best turkey necks in the world, I have no desire to eat turkey necks. I don't care what they taste like. Well, that person, you know who they are, says their green beans will make your mouth water. I have seen the inside of your house, and there is no way I'm eating anything from the kitchen where your cat wanders freely on the counter. I feel my help coming on. But when I see the KFC buckets, I make a beeline for them because I know what is on the inside and I know the taste and my body has an acquired taste for grease. Taste is something of which you learn when you partake Really, it takes just as much or more faith for your taste than it does for any other sense. Because unless you've tried it, you have no idea of what to expect. Something may smell good, but you can't stand the taste of it. And I'm convinced that people walk through our doors and instead of them first being able to try God and see that He is good, oftentimes the first thing they taste is what we like to bring to the party. And it becomes easy for us to think that what we bring ought to be the main course that people experience. We think our little program ought to be the thing that makes people's heads spin. We think our little song and dance ought to be the thing that gets everybody's attention. When it is our job to make sure what people are experiencing is Him. Never forget, this is about Him. Never forget, everything is about Him. Every song is about Him. All our worship is about Him. Every prayer is about Him. Every sermon is about Him. Every word is about, every hand clap is about Him. Every praise is about Him because there's nobody like Him. Him. 
Come on, nobody can save you like him. Nobody can redeem you like him. Nobody can deliver you like he can. Nobody can make a way like he can. Nobody can speak like him. Nobody can hear like him. Nobody can see as far as he can. This is all about him and somehow I've got to get somebody to taste and see that he is good. Taste is the only sense you've got to consume the product in order to know its true value. It's easy to see what church is like when you begin to watch. As I travel, I I get to see it's interesting to observe, to see certain churches have a certain taste. Nothing wrong with that, just certain churches are built in particular ways. Some churches have a taste for shout, and that's all they offer is shout, shout, shout. And I love to shout. Matter of fact, when the Lord comes back, he's coming back with a... But shouting is a shallow diet that will eventually starve you if that's all you're consuming. Because it's easy to shout on Sunday and sin on Monday. you got to learn to do more than shout if you're going to find out about Jesus. Some churches have a buffet of faith, and they serve so much faith they offer no common sense. And trust me, I love preaching on faith, but you got to have a little bit more than faith sometimes. Sometimes you got to include a little bit of action with that faith. And churches have certain tastes for certain things that feed them. But if you want a balanced church, you better make sure that somewhere in the middle of everything you're doing, the lamb is on the menu. Because people aren't coming into our services for our song. People aren't coming into this atmosphere for our hand clap. People aren't coming in here because we got the greatest lighting. And I'm for all of that, but we better remember, people are coming in here because they're hungry. People are coming in here because they're broken. People are coming in here because their family's falling apart. People are coming in here because they're hurt and they're wounded and they're afraid and they're confused. People are coming in here because everything the world has fed them has been bitter and they're trying to spit out the putrid taste of a life that sin brings. People are hungry for something, but they're sick of the taste of the world. And that is where we come in to show them, hey, there is life beyond what you think is normal. Come on, if you're a visitor here today, let me tell you, there is something more. There is somebody who will never disappoint you. There is somebody who will never leave you. You tried the world. You came away empty and hungry and hurt. But today, let me introduce you to somebody who sticks closer than a brother. Let me introduce you to somebody who's a healer, who's a deliverer. Come on, somebody. We're dealing with people coming in now wondering what gender they are. We're dealing with people whose minds have been warped by drugs and pornography. We're encountering those whose lives have left them ruined by what the world has to offer. And everything's left them empty. And everything's left them bitter. And everything's left 
left them starving. And here we are with our little hand claps saying, well, I'm doing my part. Hopefully somebody sees I got here 10 minutes early to pray. Oh, they got my parking spot again. I'm going to have to schedule a meeting with pastor. I sure hope the air conditioning is working today. And here's the pastor and the ministry team trying to do everything they can to convince the visitor. Come on, give Jesus a chance. Give Jesus a chance. Hey, you know what we need to do? We need to get on board and say, I'm coming to church on a Sunday because I want to introduce somebody to the way maker. Come on, let me introduce you to the bread of life. Let me show you the mender of broken hearts. Come on, what needs to be done, Pastor? I want to prepare the way of the Lord because somebody's going to be in this service today and they're going to try Jesus. But how do you take somebody who's been through so much hell and get the bitter taste out of their mouth? How do you take somebody who never grew up with any normalcy in their home and show them peace? How do you take somebody who's been a slave to sin and experienced more than we will ever know and tell them there is something more? In Exodus chapter 12, God begins to talk to Moses and Aaron and begins to instruct them on what he's getting ready to do. And we are introduced to what we know as Passover. The Israelites have been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. And Pharaoh refuses to let God's people go. Even after seeing plague after plague decimate the land. And finally, God tells Moses and Aaron, hey, I'm getting ready to pass through Egypt and execute judgment. And every firstborn both man and beast is going to die and he said I want every household to take a male lamb that is without blemish and on the 14th day of the month every house is going to kill that lamb and once you've killed that lamb you're going to take its blood and you're going to put it on the doorpost of your house with hyssop so that when I pass through Egypt I will see the blood and pass over your house how many are thankful for the blood today? Come on, how many are thankful for the blood today? And he said, after you've done that and the blood is on the doorpost, then I want you to go out and I want you to gather up the bitter herbs that are horrid to the taste. And when you gather them up, you're going to consume them. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of Egypt. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of where I'm bringing you from. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of the life you came out of. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of everything that was ever done wrong to you. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of the mistrust you have in people. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of the heartache. The bitter herbs are going to remind you of the scars. The bitter herbs are going to tell the story of your pain. The bitter herbs are going to bring back the memories of the past because no matter who you are, Life at some point will serve you a bitter portion. An offense must be served. And there are going to be times when you got to deal with what wasn't fair, when you got to deal with what wasn't right, when you got to ask what, what in the world is happening. But he said, listen, with all of the bitterness that you're going to consume, I'm not just going to leave you with your bitterness. I'm going to give you a mediator. 
I'm not just going to leave you with your hurt. No, 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 no. I'm not just going to leave you with your anger. I'm going to give you something that is going to balance the bitterness that life has brought you because you're not only going to eat the bitter herbs of life, you're also going to take the sweet, tender, and savory meat of that lamb whose blood you just put on the doorpost and you're going to consume it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Hear me today. The only way you're going to be able to consume the bitterness is if you also consume the lamb. Let me remind you of what John shouted when he saw Jesus coming. He said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the offense of the world. You want to know what the root meaning of that word sin in the original language was before it was translated? You could have read that verse like this, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. But you could have read that verse like this, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away Away the offense of the world. And the only way you're going to be able to deal with the offenses of life is if you partake of the Lamb. And the only way you're going to deal with the bitterness of life is if you consume the lamb. Because the taste of the lamb will counteract the bitterness. And the flavor of the lamb will be stronger than the hurt. And the goodness of the lamb will be stronger than your worst day in life. So now let me preach it for a minute. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And once you partake of him, you're going to find out that the goodness of God is stronger. Oh yeah, the goodness of the lamb is more powerful. The goodness of the lamb is appealing. The goodness of the lamb... It goes further. The goodness of the Lamb is everlasting. The goodness of the Lamb is following me. The goodness of the Lamb takes up the slack. The goodness of the Lamb fills the hungry soul. But you got to taste and see for yourself. Maybe you came here today because you thought we have good programs, and we do. Maybe you came here today because you thought the worship is good, and it was. Maybe you came here today because you thought it's a nice facility and it is but before we introduce you to any of that let us introduce you to the lamb before you try anything else try Jesus come on it's not our programs that are going to save you it's the spotless lamb it's not our finances that are going to save you it's the lamb for sinners slain it's not our music that's going to save you it's the lamb that takes away sin it's not our talent that's going to help you it's the goodness of God 
Come on, God is good. Can anybody testify to that? Come on, God is good. God, yeah, come on. God is infinitely good. He's independently good. He's absolutely good. He's unchangeably good. He's universally good. He's eternally good. But the only way you're going to find out is you're going to have to taste and see. Before you give the marijuana another taste, give the lamb a chance. Before you give the alcohol another swig, give the lamb a taste. Before you give the cigarette another draw, Try the lamb. Now that I've preached to the sinner, let me preach to the saint. How is it that somebody who has lived for God for years can all of a sudden lose their taste for the things of God as though their ability to discern has been dulled? How can somebody who is hungering and thirsting after righteousness suddenly turn their back on God and start causing problems in the church and creating issues in the middle of momentum? It's because somewhere along the line, you go back and trace it, they've stopped eating the lamb. And if you have lost your ability to partake in the forgiveness and the goodness of God, and all you're consuming are the bitter herbs, and it will not be long before it's somebody else's fault. I'm just the victim here, and it's my life. You can't tell me how to live it. I just want to go back to Egypt. Nobody ever helped me. And somewhere you let bitterness have access to your spirit, and the lamb has been lost. I find it interesting when COVID first started, one of the first symptoms everybody noticed was it took away people's ability to taste. And I do believe COVID came from hell, and I watched COVID wreck more lives in the church than I've seen in a long time. Yeah, we've won a lot in these last three years, but what about all the ones that were never supposed to leave? Even today, people said, I never fully got my taste back, and I can't eat the same things that I used to eat. Some have said their taste hasn't come back in three years, and when it did, just things weren't the same because their tastes had changed, and they don't like the things that you've heard people say it. And somehow, somewhere, when the enemy gets a hold of somebody and they stop consuming the lamb more than they do the bitterness, remember, taste is acquired. And pretty soon they just become so used to eating the bitterness and they forget about the sweetness of the lamb. And the lamb becomes lost. And now they cannot tell they're consuming bitterness. And they're literally starving themselves into hell because their spiritual taste buds are so messed up. And if you have lost your ability to taste, that is where the danger lies. You don't think it's possible to get there? Job said in 6 and 30, Is there iniquity in my tongue? Cannot my taste discern perverse things? Job said, I'm in a place where I can't even tell what's right. And I can't tell what's wrong. You hear me, one of the first things the enemy will do will take away your ability to taste that the Lord is good and try to keep the bitter taste in your mouth. And now you're bitter towards the church. And now you're bitter towards the man of God. And now you're bitter towards the saints of God. And you begin to eating what other bitter people are eating. Hear me, the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy your taste for the goodness of God. 
What is it that causes somebody to fall away from God and say things? I don't believe it like I just like I used to believe it. What is it that causes somebody to develop an appetite for the things of the world and not the church? What is it? What is it that causes somebody to begin to eat the bitter things and leave the lamb alone? It's because somewhere the partaking of the lamb has become optional. Because when you consume the lamb, I'm sorry, it overcomes all offense. It overcomes all bitterness. When I taste the lamb, I forget about the bitterness because I'm reminded that the Lord is good. Come on, when I partake of the lamb, I'm reminded that with all the negativity, God is still good through it all. Before you leave the church, Try the lamb again. Before you do something crazy, try the lamb. Before you decide to go get vengeance, try the lamb. Before you begin to talk about how you were done wrong, I'm begging somebody, try the lamb. Before you go get the divorce, try the lamb. Before you begin to criticize the ministry, try the lamb. Before you decide to move, I'm begging you, try the lamb. Before you go back to the world, try the lamb. Will you slip a hand towards heaven right now all across the house? Come on, somebody needs to try him right now. Come on, you've been eating a lot of bitterness. It's time for you to be reminded on a Sunday that God is good. Mm, come on. Come on, it's time for somebody to be reminded God is so, so. Piano, you can come if you would. I'm not going to be long this morning, but Jesus is dying on the cross. His body is in ribbons. You can't recognize him because he has no form or comeliness because his body has been so rent by the whips, by the beating. He's hanging on the cross. As he's hanging there, he just he takes everything in him to pull himself up for one more 
gasping for one more breath because he knows it's not time yet. Knows it's not the moment yet. And so he pulls himself up again knowing that he's dying for the sins of humanity. Just surviving just a little bit longer. Pain is racking through his body. Flesh is hanging in ribbons. He's a spectacle for everybody to behold. The soldiers are watching. And as they're watching, they take a little bit of vinegar. And they take a little bit of bitter gall. And they say, hey, Jesus. Drink a little bit of this. It'll make you feel better. Jesus, just just take a little bit of this bitter cup. Come on, Jesus, you've gone through a lot today. Take a little bit of the bitterness inside of you. Come on, Jesus. And the Bible says as they put it up to his mouth, the Bible says he took it in his mouth, but when he had tasted it, he spit it out. Because he refused to allow the bitterness to come in. And hear me today. One of the biggest lies from the enemy is going to be, come on, just, just take a little bit of the bitter cup. You deserve it. Come on, come on. You, you've gone through so much. You've been done wrong so many times. Just drink a little bit of the bitterness. Get a little bit of a wounded spirit. Get a little bit of an offended mentality. Get a little bit of that hurt inside of you that's going to take a long time for you to get over. You deserve it. They did you wrong. They they left you. They did all of these things. But when those moments come, you know what's going to balance out the bitter things of life? It's just when you remember God is good. And we are so close to the coming of the Lord. Listen, that we do not have time to allow a root of bitterness to begin to come down on the inside of us and begin to germinate and begin to grow into vines and into branches that we never intended to get to that place. And how did I get this offended? How did I get this wounded? How did I get that? It's because somewhere you stopped eating the lamb. And we don't have time to just consume the bitterness of life. And as we stand to our feet, this morning, my petition to everybody in this house, everybody, nobody's excluded, everybody, everybody here today, it's just simply try the Lamb. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and never received God's Spirit, I promise you, once you try Him, there's nothing like it. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, oh, when you come out of those waters, a brand new creature, there's nothing like it. And there's some goodness in this house that's waiting for everybody here today. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you've been through. But my petition to everybody here today is simply try the Lamb. Will you step out of your seat today and maybe make your way down to an altar and just throw your hands towards heaven. You say, how do I try? You just lift your hands and say, God, I, I just want to try it. I just want to try your goodness. God, God, I just want you to help me. God, I got to get over a few things. 
God, I got to work through a few things. It's been too long since I've been reminded God is good. Come on, that's it. He's good. Come on, he's good. You're never going to find anybody like him. Come on, he's so good. Oh, God, get the bitterness out of us today. Come on, get the bitterness out of us today, God. God, just let you let go. We need you to be a mediator in this house right now. Come on, folks. Let's reach right now. He's so good. Come on, with everything you're going through, you got to remind yourself he's good. Come on, with everything you're walking through right now, you know what's going to help you get through it? By you reminding yourself, come on, he saved me. He healed me. He helped me. He's sustaining me. He's good. Come on, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, call out to him right now. Come on, he'll feel you. He'll help you. Yeah. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, you have, Lord. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able. Come on, that's it. Call out to him. I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I feel his goodness sweeping across the house right now. Come on. I feel his goodness moving in the house today. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on, talk to him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, that's the goodness of God you're feeling right now. His goodness and his mercy is following you right now. That's it. Call out to him. Come on, if you got to begin to work through some things right now, you ought to start to work through them. Come on, let him feel you right now with his spirit. Come on, that's it. Oh, yes. Come on, his goodness is stronger than your hurt. His goodness is stronger than the offense. Oh, yes, Lord. That's it. Talk to him right now. All my life you have been so, so good. 
Come on, somebody sing of his goodness right now. I'm going to sing and testify.
come on isn't he good isn't the Lord good hallelujah Jesus hallelujah hallelujah amen we're we're not gonna let bitterness steal our blessing take away what God is trying to do in us and through us man I don't know about you but I've had enough bitterness in my life to last me the rest of my life right why would we want any more of that garnish right we need more of Jesus in these last days right our focus needs to be on him and not not all the mistakes and faults and failures around us because they're everywhere we start looking for them we're always gonna see him and that's gonna be our attention when we look at the lamb now he's so good now is everything we need is the Lamb of God. Amen. We need more of Him in our life. We need more of Him in our every single day. Amen. Jesus says that uh, offenses will come. They're going to come. They're going to happen. So you better expect that garnish of bitterness in your life. But if it's going to be there, you need, we need to be looking for the Lamb, right? Because that's what we need. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tyler, for, for the message. Thank you, Lord, for, for delivering to that. It's what a, what a sigh of relief when you let go of those things that are holding on and the bitterness. What a breath of fresh air you can have in your life. Amen. Once you let those things go and, and let God begin to work and heal. Amen. Amen. God bless you all today. Don't forget about we have the free bread. If you want to grab some bread and go be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Because God is good. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.